Welcome to Fancy Plants Podcast, episode 35. I am Chris, here with Sue. Hello. Hello, Sue. And Amanda. Hi. Amanda Panda Pants. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but every person named Amanda in my life gets called Amanda Pants or Amanda Panda. Fair enough. Yeah. And I mean, Amanda's a fairly common name, so there's a few few out there. Yeah. My, my kindergarten teacher, one day she was like, I'm going to come up with a name that rhymes with everybody else, like with everybody's name. And she started calling me Amanda Panda. And I got so incredibly indignant. <laughs> like, I was like, my name is not Amanda. Panda. Like, I was mad. Oh, I could totally see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every once in a while, somebody tries to call me Mandy and I just go off like the redheaded stepchild that I am. Okay, like, you, you are not a Mandy. No. no. You are not a Mandy. Like, no. no offense to anybody who is legitimately named Mandy or goes by Mandy, but I'm not that person. No. If you're if you're a Mandy, you're a Mandy, but you're not a Mandy. No, I'm not. Right? That sentence was amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was that was spectacular. <laughs> Sue, what other names do you go by? Well, I'm actually a Susan, and I just really don't like when people call me that because people say that Zitten part kind of harsh, and I feel like I'm in trouble. Susan. Also, yeah, I don't like it. So Sue, uh, I, I know people that knew me when I was young. They still call me Susie and they get away with it. But when new people call me Susie, I, I kind of side eye them. I don't, I don't know why. Hmm. I don't think I don't feel like you're a Susan either. Yeah. I've, I've been told that before, too. But yeah, I just feel like I'm in trouble when people say it. Susan. It's like, That's like if someone calls me Crystal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sparkles is OK. Sparkles is fine. And it probably <laughs> stems from like childhood <laughs> trauma that the only when I got in trouble because everybody called me Susie. Um, when I got in trouble, it was Susan Jennifer. Right. From my mom. Ooh. So I think that just stuck. And then when people call me Susan, I'm like, stop it. I'm not. Why are you? I mad didn't at do me? it. I didn't do anything. You know what? I skipped. Giving our, everybody a plant name. Yeah. yeah our intro. Yeah. So here's why. I think I'm just having PTSD from two episodes ago. <laughs> so what I'm going to say today is a throwback to that episode. Hello, plant soylent greenies. And I, <laughs> I think I might have subconsciously just skipped right over that. Yeah, but. you just blocked that. <laughs> yeah, I know because we just talked about it. And then you were like, "Hello," and I was like, "Oh, I guess we're not doing it." Oh yeah, <laughs> feel free to call me out on that again because I totally missed it. Uh, Soylent Greenies, it is Soylent Greenies. All right, ladies, what's been going on? The weather got a lot nicer since it snowed last episode, which I personally am, am very happy about. We're getting ready to take the patio furniture out, but... Oh, you're going to jinx us. Yeah, again. I'm kind of worried about that. You know, we were friends until you, you just put that statement out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now I have to do it because it doesn't matter now. Should have done it's it when true. I took my tires yeah. off. <laughs> if I made it snow the first time, then we could just got it all out of the way. You know, I don't put snow tires on. I just have my all seasons and they seem to be okay. Uh, you know what? My husband is so sweet. He's, we don't put snow, we don't put winter tires on the truck, but he will not let me drive on a set of all seasons for more than two years. Oh, so you just get new ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You do a lot more driving than me too. Oh, well, I do. And yeah. my husband is a truck driver. So he is like 100% militant about tire safety. 
Yeah, that's there's cool. There's just so many ways to avoid hurting yourself with, you know, bad tires. Fair enough. And so you have a lot more driving to do now as well. Yeah, it takes me about, like, to get to your house, probably about 20 minutes to get into town. Um, it's mostly highway driving, gravel road or highway driving. Um, and, but we got winter tires because my truck is aluminum, so it's really light. And we noticed just in a couple winters past, all seasons weren't quite doing it. And Fair enough. We got... I got studded winter tires, so they have like little metal studs in them. Oh, that's good. And they grip really good. But the problem is when there's no snow on the highways, it wrecks the tire really fast and yep. they're not cheap tires. So we were like, yeah, we're going to get that off before because yeah, I do a lot of sense. highway. Yeah, I have like four kilometers of dri- of gravel and then the rest is all highway drive. Yeah, that makes total. It gets takes me uh, five kilometers exactly to get to my work. So and nice. also we don't really go into the office much anymore. Yeah, right? I, yeah. I did get a new windshield this week. That's a glorious thing, oh, is it it's not? it's so good. Of so course, good. I, we live in northern Alberta, so I have bets. I, I'm accepting bets on how exactly long we think it'll last before it has a rock chip in it. Um, well, especially but, highway driving. Right. I mean. A, exactly. I've never been so scared as to, like, pull out of the glass shop. I'm like, oh, no, there's an oncoming vehicle. I'm like, don't do it. Yeah. It's scary. Like, I remember I had a little um, neon, a little Dodge neon way back when. I think I was still in college. This was like. 2000 and i was driving along in the industrial park my mom worked down there so i was probably going to visit her and there was a truck that came or a vehicle that came uh opposite of me i have no idea where this rock came from but it scared the crap out of me because when it's like a big rock and it kind of hits where in your direct field of vision it's just like oh my gosh i had a heart attack i was young too i was like 26 or something yeah i I used to do a, a courier run so i'd drive about 500 kilometers a day yeah. And I would put sunglasses on because if you catch a big enough rock in the windshield, it actually puts glass on you on your side of the windshield. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yay. Yeah. When I was or like, the uh, ever loving, you know, hit catch a rock in the windshield and have it knock off your rear view mirror. Have you guys had oh, that one yet? Uh, no, I can't say that I, I have had that one yet. But I did have when I was about 21. I was a single mom. I had uh, I was driving to Edmonton with my daughter. It was like one of my first road trips by myself in my little standard car. And I had a rock come off a flat dead. It was a he- flat bed truck and it was huge. And it landed on my hood and like wrecked my car. Oh yeah. my gosh. That yeah. Must have been kind scary. of in between like Fox Creek and White Court, like in the middle of nowhere. And back then we didn't have cell phones. So I had to, uh, yeah, it was. So to get moment. to Edmonton from our city, it's about 450 kilometers and it's Highway 43 for most of the way. The worst part of Highway 43 is in between a small town called Fox Creek and another town called Whitecourt. I don't know why. The weather's always crap. It's always icy. It's the Bermuda Triangle of weather. There's no lines on the highway either. I don't think they've ever repainted those. I call it Alberta's weather armpit. Because if you're you're driving and it's crappy out, period, when you get there, a lot of times that's the good part. But because a lot of times when you're driving, it's not the crappy, you know, the super crappy weather. That's where the crappy weather is. It's like always the opposite. There's no cell service. Yeah. It's. There's a million hills and tight corners. And you're like, yeah, okay, this this is where I die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a sketchy side of the highway. And yeah, I call it Alberta's armpit of weather. Listeners, just a little more insight into Northern Alberta living. Well, heck, that highway wasn't even fully twinned until, what, four or five years ago? Oh, no, it's been longer than that. Okay, probably seven now, I think. I want to say like 10 or 12. Yeah. I don't think it's been that long. No, because the part by like Sturgeon Lake um, in there, that's only been a couple of years. Yeah. 
Oh, that part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I it remember was, taking uh, it when we first moved up here. It was like single lane highway. So you have like one side of the highway is coming one direction and one side of the highway is going the other direction. Yeah. The stuff by Sturgeon Lake was only twinned in the last seven or eight years. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. But before it was done and the, oh my gosh, the construction. I was, was going to say there was so much, con- <laughs> that was construction highway, man. Yeah. But now it's awesome. Yeah. It used to take like five and a half hours to get to Edmonton. Now it only takes four. Exactly. But nobody is listening to this part. So we're definitely not speeding on that highway. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So today we have a couple of really interesting topics and one flows into another. So we're going to try not to talk about our second one and our first one. I will see how I do. I'm sure that Sue and Amanda will be fine, but I'm going to want to get into the second one. And I'm just a little bit excited. Yeah, just stop me if that happens. So first, we're going to we talked a few episodes ago about next level growing plants inside. And really, we focused on what we do in our own houses. Um, but we want to just revisit that a little bit and talk about um, some ways to grow plants inside that maybe we didn't cover in that episode. And I know, Amanda, you had a couple of things on your list to talk about. Uh, and then I have some questions and then Sue, I'm sure you have a ton of advice as well. So Amanda, why don't we start with one of your items for ways to grow plants inside? Okay, so um, an easy way to get fresh vegetables, uh, lettuce is a super easy one to grow, some herbs, that sort of stuff, is in a homemade hydroponic tub. And they're super easy to make. Um, I've got one at home and it is a Rubbermaid tote. Uh, and you use the black plastic net pots that you would use to grow hydroponically. You drill your holes in your lid and set your net pots in there with your LECA. Put your water in there and then you want aeration in there as well. So I have a uh, air hose from just an aquarium bubbler and some nice big air stones in there. Sometimes it's called aeroponics. Uh, sometimes it's called deep water hydroponics. It's kind of a gray area as to what it's referred to. And I'm sure there are subtle nuances as to what makes what, but it's my Rubbermaid growing bin. Okay, so I just want to visualize this a little bit more. What size uh, is your Rubbermaid bin? Uh, You want them to be six to eight inches deep. You don't want them to be too deep, but six to eight inches seems to be what works well for me. Okay, perfect. Because I was picturing like one of those ones you use when you move, like a huge one. No, no, it's like the half size, that kind of eight inch half size that they make. Okay, so you are putting in... What's the first thing you put into that? Uh, Well, once I've got it all built, so I take my net pots and I, you know, trace my pattern on the top. I you know, small one, you can do four. Sometimes you can do six. Oh, I guess I mean starting from the bottom of the bin. Um, I well, I cut my holes in my bin first. Okay. Oh, so, perfect. Okay. Yeah. No, sorry. I, I cut, I'm totally like getting in your way here. That's okay. <laughs> I cut the holes in the lid of my bin first. Okay. And make sure that my pot's all set in there nicely, get everything set up that way. Then you're going to want to put, A, set it where you're going to put it. They get heavy. Um, Again, watch your flooring. You don't want to set this anywhere where it, you know, could potentially wreck your hardwood floors or your laminate floors. Always, whenever you're growing anything different inside, be mindful of your house. Nobody wants to have to replace molded stuff. That's gross. Um, so set up your space, get it set up. You want somewhere where you can plug in your air bubbler safely. That's not right at the water. Um, I have a light on mine as well. 
because it's literally in my basement storage room. Mm. Um, and get your water in there. You want to put nutrients in there. Any of your local hydroponic stores will be able to set you up with an easy nutrient. And I put my pots in there with my leka in them. I seed directly into them. Okay, wait. So do you put any sort of um, substrate in the bin itself? Nope. It's it just water. just water. Okay. Water perfect. and my air bubbler. And then when you are feeding your air hose in, is that going in through the top? Yeah, I put mine in through the lid. I just drill, drill a little hole for the, the hose to go in. And I feed my hose through the lid and I put my air stones inside. Sorry, where are you putting the air stones? Air stones are going to sit in the bottom of your bin and just bubble air through the water so Thank it you. doesn't get all stagnant. Okay, so I definitely don't know what those are, <laughs> clearly. Okay, so you have your air going through, you're aerating your water, your water has nutrients. Um, I'm a, This bin is not clear, correct? No, you either want to go with a dark color or a black bin, something that's not going to let the light in. As soon as you start letting light in, you're going to get algae. Perfect. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, okay, so now you, you're you seeding in your LECA in your net pots. Yep. Yep. Which you have pre-cut holes for. Yeah, so that the water is being taken up by the LECA because LECA will kind of take water up through it. How much of the pot is in the water? In my case, I do about the bottom inch. And how tall is the net pot? Uh, depends on the size that I'm growing. I usually use three or four inch net pots. Okay. So you're submersing a quarter or a third of that pot into the water. Yeah, usually about a third. And then the LECA draws the water up as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, some people submerse more of their pots in, some people submerse less. It's whatever works for you. Okay, perfect. So what is an example of something you seed? Uh, lettuce. And you're just taking like a lettuce seed and dumping it in there or? Yeah, I uh, usually take a few seeds. I like my lettuce to be nice and bushy and I'm ripping it out anyways and starting new stuff all the time. Um, I will take the bottoms off of green onions. Right. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I'll put those in there so that they can root out and start growing tops. Um, I like arugula. It's sometimes hard to find up here. So I'll, I'll start a little arugula and have that so that I can throw a little bit in a salad or on a sandwich. And then did those just keep producing? It's like anything that you would plant in your garden. It, it keeps producing for a little while and then you've got to rip it out and reseed. Okay. Um, how far away is the light from the top of your plants? Now that is completely dependent on what stage of growth my plants are at. So in order for, it's like seed starting inside. In order for your plants not to be tall and leggy, you want... Uh, just a few inches between your light and your seedlings. Are you using a fluorescent and LED? Yeah, I just use a, a sun blaster and I'm you know, super classy. So uh, the clothes rack that I have above it, you know, the, the rolling clothes <laughs> racks that you can buy at uh, any of the box stores. Totally. I literally have a string that goes to the tops of my lights because they have the, the metal hooks on them. And I tie it to the bar and I just adjust the height on the clothes okay. rack. That's cool. And actually that some works. things that I use with my big fluorescent light is you can go on to Amazon and um, probably other places too. And you can get, they have like a carabiner on them and they have clicky yeah. wheels and you can actually really nicely adjust the height of lights that way as well. Yeah. I thought about that and I looked at them and I was like, I got string. They're so cheap. 
Well, my clothes rack is already adjustable. Fair it's enough. fine. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, cool. So are you using like a single tube on those? Uh, I am. Yeah. Okay. But That's I, good enough. That's fine. It, if you find it's not enough, put out, add another one. It, would there ever be a case where you'd have to, like, you don't heat any of this? I generally don't. Um, my storage room is quite small and it gets really warm to begin with. Uh, lettuce is, tends to be a cool grower anyways. It doesn't like a lot of heat. It's not like tomatoes, which obviously require a lot of heat. Um, so the fluorescent light that I have in there for my grow light throws off some heat. The room itself is quite warm. It's fine. Okay, that's cool. Um, I feel like I can visualize that pretty well. Sue, did I miss anything? I don't think so. I know I've been tempted and I kind of been watching or I have watched. I shouldn't say been watching because I kind of side set that one off to the side burner for a while. But I would like to do, do strawberries in um, using PVC tubing. So you make like an A-frame and then you have the PVC tubing and you have the strawberry plants in there and they can kind of hang down. So... I haven't done it, so I can't really give much advice, but I've watched a lot of videos and read about doing that. Are you talking about the ones that have a, a water pump that actually yeah. like run the water through them? Yeah. 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 The water just keeps recycling itself. And yeah. uh, so you have a bin off to the side that's for your water and it just runs through. But you need some some tubing and some holes and, and some air. Um, Leca. So is that an inside thing or an outside thing? Inside. Like I'd do it in my garage or my basement's probably big enough that I could probably steal. Yeah, some you'd space want it somewhere with a, a concrete floor or, yeah. or a floor that you weren't afraid to get water on. In a in a perfect world, I would just run over to justvertical.com and they have a product called the Avea. And it's this beautiful grow cabinet that you can set in your kitchen. And it's the hydroponics yeah. with the lights in it. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah, I think we mentioned that like yeah. three episodes. My, my friends Maybe, have yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we did. And yeah, that's. Which is, yeah, they look at me. They're, yeah. I find they're, they're maybe expensive. But if, you know, you have some room in your budget and you want those fresh vegetables like directly in your right? area, um, it looks really cool. Like, so it's, it's definitely a feature. It's not something that's ugly. Yeah. They're, they're very neat looking. Yeah, they are super neat. And Chris, I think you've got a grow tent that you're using. Oh man, <laughs> getting back to my, uh, seed starting failure, but yes, I, uh, I do have a grow tent. So it's down in my basement. I need to, um, insulate underneath it cause it's sitting directly on the concrete floor. So I do have a hydrometer in there and it's at the at its lowest in there it gets to like 17 degrees celsius which obviously is too low to grow the the peppers that i want to grow in there so um i'm going to insulate the bottom so put it on top of some carpet or you know some styrofoam or something yeah the pink styrofoam insulation works really well perfect and it's still going to be too cool in there though because it is cool in the unfinished basement um so i have a four foot long four tube fluorescent grow light that I used to use in my other house. The bulbs are fine. They'll work great. I do have those um, pulleys and whatever yeah. to adjust the light. But my question, I guess, is because it is cooler down here, there's no sun that can hit this thing. It gets warm enough when the light is on. So it gets up to 30 degrees when the light is yeah. on. Yeah. But the light obviously can't be on all the time because you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Plants so how, night. Right. Yeah, exactly. So how do you heat the inside of a smaller grow tent like this because it so it is black it's got like the fluoresce or the reflective inside it is about four feet wide five feet tall and about i don't know 
30 inches deep. So it's not huge. So I've been trying to do some research on it and, and I come across um, people that say, oh, put a put a space heater in it. And I'm like, well, that seems wildly yeah, unsafe. I, I don't think yeah. I should put a space heater in it. So then I was looking into like seed mats, but I actually don't think those are warm enough. And I was looking at like the the lightless bulbs that you put yeah, in the like ceramic a, bulbs. that you put into like yep. a reptile cage. Like, are those enough? What's the best? Those might even actually be too much. You can actually get them in different wattages. I have one for my bird. Yeah. And his is, you can get them in a smaller wattage. Um, I would go with the, uh, the ceramic bulb. And then I would put a seed heating mat underneath them. Seed heating mats are neat. Uh, but you, what makes them especially neat is you can buy thermostats for them. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, so you can have your thermostat set to your 30 degrees or, or what have you and just put it on a timer so that it comes on about two hours before your lights turn oh, off. Oh, gotcha. The other thing that I saw too was kind of like a tube heater mm-hmm. where you um, can actually blow the heat in from outside of the tent using this like cannon looking thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I just don't know if I want to get that intense about it when we grew special peppers we um we just had a small tent but i used it was like the one of the big square led red blue light but that heated it up enough so and again like i the light definitely heats it up enough but at night yeah. i need something to yeah heat it. yeah i would do one of the ceramic heaters on a timer and have that start about two hours or an hour, but they heat up really quickly. Yeah. An hour before your lights turn off so that there's that kind of in between. Plants appreciate a cooler evening, like a cooler night. Okay. Um, so whenever you're looking up growing conditions, your daytime temperatures are going to be higher than your nighttime temperatures. So you don't have to keep it at 30 degrees. What's a safe temperature at that point? Uh, it depends on your the stage of your peppers. Okay. If you just have a quick Google of uh, climate temperatures for growing hot peppers, it'll give you a range. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and I'm just looking on Amazon, for example. I just searched for lizard heat lamp and these ceramic bulbs, they're black. And so bulb maybe is not the right term, but that's what they're called. Yeah, they screw in like a light bulb and they're flat on the bottom. Yes. Uh, I guess my concern was, do they get too hot? They can. They can, yeah. Um, I use them for my chicks, the little ceramic one. Um, it the lowest you can I could find was a fifty watt. So they're a little bit more expensive, but uh, they also last longer and use less energy than the bulb. So like the actual bulb. So fifty was the lowest I could find, which is pretty warm. Like I have to keep it above where they are because they they had to be at like twenty five degrees for a while. And I found that I had to raise it up quite a bit um, for that. If I were like a 25 light bulb would have been like close to them. I'm wondering if something I can do is automate it a little bit where I can turn that stuff off when the temperature hits a certain point. Um, I'm sure we can figure that out. There's got to be like some kind of plug in. I would imagine kind of yeah. thing. that uh, the seed heating map to thermostats would probably work with the ceramic heater as well. Okay. Because it's, yeah, the, the your seed mat just plugs into those thermostats. Yeah, I've seen those as well. Yeah, um, so I imagine it would probably work with the ceramic heater as well. And I am using a Wi-Fi um, power bar, which nice. is amazing. I have, I've 
I got to I should probably take stock out in this company because I bought so many of them because they're super rad because I can control them from my phone. And my husband is like super handy with computers. So maybe like I'm thinking like Raspberry Pi automated kind of, you know, really cool AI kind of stuff. Well, not AI, (laughs) but really cool servers like, oh, okay, well, the computer knows that we've hit this temperature. So turn the Wi-Fi plug number two off and when it gets to this temperature, turn it back on again. I'm pretty sure I can make that happen. I just need to employ my husband. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you understand his most valuable currency. <laughs> Automation. Uh, okay, cool. So you know what, listeners out there, if you if you're Grotent, um, and so the Grotent again I'm talking about is got the black outside, reflective inside. It doesn't really let light in or out. Uh, it's insulated. So if you guys are he- putting one of those in a cooler place in your home and you have great ways to regulate the heat inside, just let us know. I'm really interested in some advice on that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's probably losing most of its heat through the floor like because it's touching that cold floor. So the cold is drawing out totally. that heat. Yeah. And that's so why I'm going to be insulating the, the insulation of itself. It. You'll probably notice a huge difference with. Cool. Yeah. That's a really good point. And in reality, it's um, keeping the roots and the growing zone warm is more important than keeping your leaves warm. Oh, okay. That makes it a little simpler, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was super helpful. Um, thank you for that. I'm going to try some of those tricks. Yeah. And I've seen a, a big upswing in people that are building plant rooms and growing rooms in their house. Yeah. And it's really cool and I really like it, but it makes me cringe. Because of the because humidity? Of the humidity Because levels. of the humidity. What you put in, you need to take out. So like uh, Vermont Hoyas, Doug there from Vermont Hoyas, his first grow room that he built ended up rotting out two walls in his house. Yeah. They had to completely gut it and rebuild it so that they could sell the house. So that's just kind of a, a cautionary tale there for anybody who's deciding that they're going to build a room in their house where they're going to have 70% humidity and it's just going to be this tropical oasis. It's difficult to contain if you've got any leaks or anything like that. It's just going to be bad. And for an example, like all my plants are on one floor at our house. When I water my plants, because I had to there the one day, water them all at the same time. So it was a lot of water. Um, It rose our house humidity. And I mean, our house is not small. It rose it way up. Like it was like, I think it was like 47 or something Mm -hmm. where it was sitting kind of at 32 before. Yeah. So, which is pretty dry, um, just when you water, so if you have this room where there's no air flow, there's no, um, there's nowhere for that moisture to go, but in the walls, it's, it's going to go bad. in the walls. And so every time you water those plants, it's going to increase that humidity 10 degrees or so, or 10, well, I don't know, humidity points. <laughs> I don't know if you would really want to call it degrees, but percent. Percent. Yes, there are percentages, <laughs> about 10 percentages when you water for that first few days. Um, and depending on what kind of thing item you're growing in, right, that's going to vary too. Someone who's growing in LECA is probably going to have more humidity because of the water in the LECA versus the soil, right? The soil will kind of hold some of that humidity in, in a way. I so. think that the climate you're in would depend on that as well. As, oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Too, right? But honestly, if you're living in a place with 70% humidity, you probably have all these plants outside anyway. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was going to say, you probably don't even really 
have a difference between inside and outside in your house. You probably right. go in this one. You have an outdoor living room like year round. Mm-hmm. Must be nice. Exactly. Grow that's, all the stuff that we only dream of. That's super helpful. I actually, in my office, I have put some grow lights underneath shelves and put out some pegboards. I have some plants in there. I have a little tiny humidifier in there. And it's okay. Like the And the doors open lots. So Right. Well, and that's my office at home is usually about 45% humidity. And the doors closed in there quite often, but 45 is not something that your house can't handle. Actually, it, 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 it's good for you right? in your house. Yeah. yeah. So, but you think of it when you have, when you're growing, when you have like a grow room, mm-hmm. it's a huge difference. Like, I hate to use this as an example, but I remember this house that was by our house before we moved. Um, and years ago, when we first moved into it, they, a house was boarded up and because they grew in it um was it was another? a grow up yeah they grew special uh, peppers <laughs> they grew special peppers um uh, for a living and um but it wrecked the house like it had to be boarded up it was condemned forever before somebody decided to buy it and fix it all up because it wrecked the house so you know if you kind of think back to those kind of times might not be the same kind of plant but it, you still when you're kind of condensing it in one room you want to make sure you have good airflow and yeah. taking care of those walls and everything as well. I, I do have a special spot that is at 65, 75% humidity, but we'll get into that after. Yeah. Yeah. Sue, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so any tips from you for growing inside that we maybe haven't touched on yet? Well, not tips, but just kind of some things like there's that pond. Everybody's talking about the pond growing with the pawn. I don't know what that is. So what it is, is it's basically granules of like mineralized substances. Um, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Luchuza pawn is what they call it. It's technically what it's called. Um, Anyway, it's minerals. It's supposed to be really good, especially like if someone's suffering from allergies. A lot of times soils can hold on to things. They have matter in them that starts to rot and decay, which is good for the plants, but maybe not so good for you. So it's good for that. Um, It's kind of the same idea as Leka. You have um, components that are in it could possibly be like zeolite, pumice. This one's very specific. It says German wash pumice. Some Leka, basically some light lava rock in it. And so this helps with iron. Um, It has some fertilizer. Um, There's some coatings on it, which doesn't leave a residue. And maybe a few other things. So it's, it's kind of granuly, granuly, granuly. Like, so it looks like, Kind of soilless growing medium. Like it looks like a it's bunch another of, soilless medium. Yeah. Bunch of tiny yeah. rocks. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like a bunch of tiny, tiny rocks, bigger than sand, smaller than fish tank gravel. And you put it usually in a self watering pot because it'll pull up the water, kind of like Lekka. So it'll pull up the water, but not too much water. And um, it prevents, you know, molds and things like that from growing. It also helps apparently reduce your plants' chances of having things like root rot and um decay and you know bad stuff that could be bad for humans to breathe in all the time if you are someone who suffers from allergies and everything so it's really big everybody's going through it um i've read a lot about it there's a lot of good things to say i haven't actually tried it but i want to just to see because i'm curious but i heard that it's really expensive well, it certainly looks interesting and one of the other benefits it says is that it can prevent bugs because obviously yeah. 
like your fungus gnats and stuff aren't going to live in the soil and lay their babies in the soil. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. And it's really big right now. Like I've seen a lot of people kind of freaking out about it. I'm seeing a 12 liter bag online for $35 and there's an 18 liter bag for $48 Canadian. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to tell how big those bags actually are because you don't know how much. Yeah. And you can buy um, one of their local greenhouses here has where you can get like the pot and the pond kind of already all in. That's what that is. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. So I kind of want to pop out there and and I just want to try it because when I've read about it, I'm just very curious and I like to try different things. So I think this, it looks really good. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it would do what you need it to do. Amanda, what do you think? It's interesting. Um, I have a deep seated affection for soil. Um, So I don't think that I will go down that road. It looks interesting, though. It looks like it's got potential. I, ra- I really dislike growing in Lekka. Like, really dislike it. What is it about it that you don't like? I just don't find pa- plants are as vigorous in it. And I just, I don't know why it is I don't like it, but. I'll be honest, I don't love it either. Like, I know yeah. a lot of people that switched over completely to it. And I'm like, oh, you're crazy. I mean, I've tried it and I've had some things where I'm like, yeah, that goes good for her. But no, I, yeah, I really do. I don't love it. I, I'm a soil I'm a soil girl through and through. It smells good. It does. It, unless you put it in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't like that smell. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, cool. that's the Lekka. Yeah. Or the Lekka. The Thank- the pawn. Thanks for pointing that out. That's really interesting and I'm looking forward to hearing how that works for you. Might want to try it myself as well. Not Amanda yeah. though, because she's kind of a soil snob. Right? I am. <laughs> I am. Okay, one of these places where you can order it from. <laughs> calls it it can be used to sh- with a shovel to fill planters in place of dirt and i thought that must just drive amanda crazy yeah oh yeah yeah it's my four <laughs> letter of all, my, my one four letter word that i don't like first of all it's not dirt yeah dirt's forbidden dirt um, is what you sweep up off your kitchen floor exactly <laughs> well let's get into one of the funner ways to grow plants inside this method allows us to really showcase what we have. It allows us to safely give plants the um, environment that they can really grow well in. And it probably, unless you do it really wrong, it's not going to wreck your walls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to talk about uh, cabinet growing in your house. And I mean, I think that the more popular version of this comes from items you can get from ikea so the i was Mills gonna say Bow, everybody's favorite flat flat pack store totally yeah. from yeah. you know the Millsbo, the um oh there's so many i forget what they are now yeah basically uh, I, I only have a Millsbo. yeah yeah cur- curio cabinets yeah exactly yeah but it is kind of cool because i have seen people that have found a display cabinet at a store for sale or and they've turned them in so just basically any cabinet Exactly. And that's why we didn't want to call the episode IKEA. Although I do want to talk about IKEA a little bit. You can, there are maybe some pitfalls to the ones out in the world, but we can get into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I seen a really cool one. And I, we kind of did this with a, for a lizard tank long time ago when Jeff and I first moved in together. But we got a big old floor TV and like blew out the TV and then turned it into like a lizard tank. 
Um, but this was like an old TV like that sat on the four legs and they cleared that out and then they had like a cactus terrarium inside of it. And I was like, that is so cool. So if I was to do something that wasn't from Ikea, that's what I would want to do. Oh, yeah, totally. OK, I have the Ikea list here. Um, and the reason why these in particular are popular is because there's no wood in them. None. Yes, exactly. So when you if you are purchasing something like from your Facebook marketplace or your Craigslist or your Kijiji um, and you want to transform a cabinet into uh, a grow cabinet, the wood is something that you need to consider. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I've seen people have the Detolf, uh, which is all glass except for the top and bottom. And I've actually seen them do the backgrounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the sculpted with the backgrounds foam with the... foam and cork bark and moss yeah. and all that. Obviously, the Millsbow, uh, the tall and the wide. Although, again, like you can't get them anywhere, it seems like. And I, you know, we're all on that Facebook group for the IKEA cabinets and everyone has that complaint. It's like, I can't get the tall. So I have two wides, but I know you have a tall one. I do have a tall one, yeah. yeah. But you had to like really work to get that thing. I was a ninja. Yeah. Right? Uh, there's the Rudsta is another one, which is kind of a smaller cabinet. That one's popular. And the Fabricor is popular as well. So, um, there is actually a Facebook group dedicated to these and other cabinets. I think it's called like the Ikea cabinet group or something. You check it out and join it. It's super rad. Actually, there's lots of information on there and not only information about the Ikea cabinets, but also people are posting like, Hey, I grabbed this cabinet off of my local buy and sell what do I do with this? And there's like a ton of ideas on how to actually build these cabinets. I keep seeing like I I keep having visions of, you know, having a giant house that I can fit all this stuff in for one. Um, which reminds me, I have to buy 50 50 tickets today. Don't let me forget. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, some of the convenience store restaurant, like the glass door full size fridge. I think one of those would be absolutely fantastic be for it. Absolutely. Because you could build everything you need it to build there. There's a light spot inside already. They're definitely already. sealed, too. Yes, they are well yeah. sealed. Yeah. yeah, there's so many cool things. Like, um, there was on that group, I think it's that group. Maybe it was a different one I was on. But they took a filing cabinet and got, like, glass turned. It was like a metal filing cabinet, like, you know, those little, little rickety. Mm-hmm. And they turned it into one. And it was like quite cool. I think it was on that one. It's the IKEA Greenhouse Club. And it oh, has yeah. almost 23,000 members. It's not so a one and nobody has them in stock. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, completely. So I think that there are some really top level things that you need to consider if you're going to be building one of these cabinets, regardless of where you get it from or what it's made out of. Although, of course, if it is wood, you would want to take extra steps to make sure that you can... Yeah, you'd probably want to get some paint. Like there's a special paint we had to put in our bathroom before we tiled it when we redid our, like we took the surround, tub surround out and tiled it. And there's this like rubbery kind of mold resistant. So like it helped kill mold if it started to grow on it. Paint that we had to paint that wall with. And so I'm wondering if something like that on your wood pieces, if you coated them on your inside wood pieces, if you coated them just to help protect it. Couldn't hurt. Yeah, lots of people use Tremclad or any uh, like rust resistant uh, paint. They even use those in their their metal cabinets as well. But yeah, you definitely want to seal a wood one very, very well from the inside. So I think the basics are your cable management and power management. 
Yeah. Uh, how you're going to attach your lights, what kind of shelving you're going to use. A lot of people get rid of the glass shelves and use either uh, plexi or um, metal shelving. Fans are another factor to this. Air and circulation because you is key. Make sure you're circulating that air. And um, what a lot of people do, and we did this as well, and Amanda, you may have done this also, is we drilled two holes in the bottom of the mills bow uh, to to run wires through. And then what we made sure to do is seal those holes really well. Well, we used a grommet on each hole, but because there's like two layers, you have to also seal the bottom hole so that it doesn't uh, cut your cords. Because of course, this is like a rough metal. Type yeah, of thing. Oh, yeah. That's- that's a bit of a safety hazard. I actually did not cut holes in mine. Oh. Um, my doors still close well. Um, I've got one cord for my lights and then my fan and uh, pump cord uh, actually come out the other corner. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing. They just come out the corners of the doors and then I have them run behind the legs. But I didn't really want to start drilling holes when I first got into this. I was like, I'm going to build this. I'm going to see how it grows for me. And then if I don't love it, I don't want it to be committed to this. Yeah, completely. I read so many articles about it. And humidity is the other thing too. So depending on the size of your cabinet, um, some people put humidifiers in, but it tends to over humidify. And so uh, a good solution to that is putting in a small fountain I'm still hacking mine together. So I have um, black takeout trays with LECA and water in them just to help with that humidity for now. Yeah. I made a fountain. I had, uh, so the, I was looking at fountain pumps uh, on everybody's favorite online shopping service. And the price difference, this is my little rant, the price difference between a quote unquote fountain pump and a replacement pet water dish pump. Same pump, same size. The price difference between the two of them is absurd. Oh, interesting. So I'm assuming the pet pump is less. Um, by far. Yeah. So I got myself a $9.99 pet pump. And I grabbed a uh, fancy flower pot that didn't have holes in it, like the, our regular catch pot. Put the pump in there, put a net pot over top of it, threw some nice flat, uh, I've got some tumbled jade, threw that in there and filled it up with water. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's nice. Perfect. Yeah. I think too, you'd have to decide what, how you want to do yours. And so that's where I'm thinking like, Amanda, you know, you don't want to, you don't know if you want to commit because some people do it up like display shelves. Like it's very straightforward, (laughs) I guess you could say. And then some people get a little more backgroundy and kind of environmental in them. And then some people just go all out, natch, like everything. There's no shelves. There's no. So I think you have to depend, decide on which one you want to, which angle you want to go when you're deciding, getting your parts and your pieces that you want to put together. To me, the all out is the sculpted background. Well, and you see, that's one of those things, too, because I, I was looking at mine and I'm like, I'm going to put this together this way, but I'm notorious for changing my mind. So um, the, uh, the tank that I posted a few weeks ago on our Instagram, I am still staring at that tank. I've got pieces of cork bark in there. Nothing is put together because I know that as soon as I break out that can of spray foam, I have it. It's sitting there. I've got my nice black spray foam. Um, 
I'm committed to however it's turning out at that point. So I want to make sure that I've thought through all of the processes. I just changed my mind again on it yesterday. It's like, I'm going to put these plants in there instead. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a small tank. So I want small leaf plants. Which way am I going with this? So it, it takes time to, you know, commit to something because I hate building stuff and then being, oh, I don't like that. So yeah, when I started building my Millsbo, it was, okay, I know that I'm excited about this and rushing in. We're going to do a lot of temporary stuff. That's how I am with mine as well. I have like, so I have two, uh, I have one, two wides. Um, it's not even in the place where it's going to end up going yet. So I have one put together and I'm just kind of trying to figure it out. I also have my seeds in there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't have a lot of room to, to do what I kind of want to do. And I want to just, I want to absorb how I feel about it so that I can put the next one together faster. If that makes well, sense or have a better idea of what I want. Put it together with more confidence. Knowing yeah. this is what I want to do. Some intention. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, I actually don't mind the wide. I, um, I have short plants and I have some tall plants. <laughs> so I think it's going to work out fine. There is a couple of times when I'm like, oh, I wish I had the tall, um, but that's okay. And a lot of people will put the um, pegboard in it as well. So if you're putting pegboard in, and it's uh, called a scatis, I believe. If you're using the scatis pegboard, I'm going to look that up, make sure. Um, just make, you probably want to treat it because it is not waterproof. It's made out of like MDF stuff, essentially. Yeah. And if you just throw that in, especially if you have the brown one, chances are you're going to regret that later. But I will say that I do, I do have that up in my office right now. Um, and it works great to hang plants. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And you have like enough space. It's not high, high humidity there. There's yes. enough airflow and everything. I wouldn't worry about the wood too much, but I thought there was a plastic one you could get and it was more like a, it wasn't quite pegboard, but it was more like a rack, like a, like wire. Yeah. Yes. You can get the wire coat, the plastic coated wire grid. Yeah. I just want to touch on your point there, Sue. Yes. The pegboards are definitely fine in my office. Um, but I don't think that they would be fine in my cabinet. Yeah, you'd probably want to like trim clad or exactly yeah, rubber for paint sure. or something. In yeah. my uh I'm just gonna put this together here and get a feel for what I want. I did have uh one of the brown scatis pegboards mm. and I just cut it to fit and have it stuffed behind a shelf. It's not I actually really like it in there. I like the way it looks. It hides my, I have a heat mat. Uh, taped to the back of my cabinet just to keep some of the heat up in there. Um, so far, it's been, what, six weeks? It's holding up just fine, but I, I can definitely see at some point here I'm going to have to pull that out and replace it or do something different. Something that I think is really pretty that people are doing is they're taking um, like a wire background. So like a wire, um, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, it's just squares of wire. <laughs> wire, wire grid or Thank you, yeah, wire, wire grid. mesh. And they're using, the, and the squares are big. So they're probably like an inch by an inch or two inches by two inches. And they're using rose gold. And it, oh man, I just think it's so pretty. <laughs> so nice. But you can get systems like that as well off of lots of websites. Um, and then what a lot of people do as well is if they want wire shelving. And I think you did this, Amanda. You got wire shelving from a local hardware store and then you cut it down to size and you used, um, how did you hang it or um, put it in there? 
Okay, so I started with the glass shelves because I really like the way the glass shelves work they and look they so fit good. in there properly. Yeah. Well, your humidity on each shelf is different. So that that kind of sucks. And I was not getting the airflow that I wanted. And I didn't want to have to have a fan on every single shelf because then all of a sudden you've got uh, a windstorm going on in there. <laughs> and yeah, it just didn't seem to uh, float my boat. So I went with the wire shelves and lots of people were zip tying L brackets to the corners to fit onto the um, uh, like the little corner brackets that hold up the shelves. And that gave me trust issues. I could just right? see stuff falling down, walk downstairs and there's, you know, a thousand dollars worth of orchids that are flat like that would that would kill me. Yeah, I think that's super true. Yeah. And I think even with the glass shelves too, especially in the wide, you would want to make sure you're not putting too much weight on that also. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely check the weight limits. So um, yeah. I'm spoiled. Uh, be- <laughs> Me too. Because <laughs> I work in a greenhouse, right? <laughs> so we have uh, what's called polycarbonate and it's a, a clear plastic, corrug- it's corrugated in the middle. It's like corrugated cardboard flat on each side. And I was able to get some scrap polycarb. And this stuff is tough. Um, our range facility, so that's uh, it's a gutter-to-gutter connected greenhouse. It's essentially you could play football in there. It's huge. But we have a catwalk on it that is made of this clear polycarb. And you can run up and down it. You can jump up and down on it. You're not going through it. So what I did was cut strips of polycarb to run along the outside edges. And I glued those in place on the, uh, the, the corner brackets that are built into the, the cabinet. Right. And then I set my wire shelves on those. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen people too take plexi and have people cut it to size and then drill holes in it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of... And I've been watching and people are saying like, do wider than a quarter of an inch if you can. Because they're finding the quarter inch plexi is actually sagging. Yeah, I've seen a, a few pictures of it. I'm just like, oh, trust issues. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. Um, and I know, Sue, you're, you're, you and I are still working on getting a tall. Yeah, I want a tall one. Unfortunately, just the space in our house, a tall one would be the best. Uh, I want to do very like natural background and keep it very kind of... Vivarium-esque. Vivarium-esque. Yeah. That's what I I think I want to do. I mean, who knows me? I can totally get that arrived and build it and be like, no, I want it like display shelf. Um, So who knows? But I do. That's that's what I envision in my head. I have a picture in my head. It'll never look anything like it either. That's okay. (laughs) Just how it goes, right? Just get as close as you can, for sure. One of the um, items I've seen for the folks who want to drill holes in the bottom of their cabinet, of their metal cabinet. Um, I've seen a lot of people struggle with this. And so what we did and what I read about too is making sure you have the right bit. Yeah, having the right hole saw and drill bit. Yep, And that it will fit your grommet. So Richard actually had to run out and grab a new hole saw because my grommet was not the same size as the one he had. So that's fine. Costs about 25 bucks or something and we'll use it again. So it's all good. Um, And... One of the things I've seen as well is make sure your drill is running the correct direction. Yep. And and that might sound silly, but it is so easy to to make it go backwards and not realize you're doing it with a hole saw 
because not like a screw where it's coming, you know, you're pulling a screw out. You're like, oh, I'm going the wrong way. If you are really struggling with making the hole, then something is not quite right. Like mm-hmm. it shouldn't be terribly, terribly difficult. Um, also make sure that you are strapping your, the part you're um, drilling down. You want to make sure that's not going to get away from you. Um, when we did it, we actually measured it out. We did not drill the holes after we put the cabinet together. We drilled the holes one at a time, measured everything out really carefully, and they ended up lining up. So um, if anyone's interested in knowing how we did that, I can definitely provide a template for you so you can have a look at how we did it. And then when we put the cabinet together, they lined up really nicely. I, I will admit I was really paranoid about doing that because I was so worried that we were going to drill the hole in the wrong spot. Poor Richard. I was just like, are you sure that's right? Are you sure that's right? And he's like, yeah, it's right, dude. Like I do this all the time. And I was like, are you sure it's right? Yeah, it was, it kind of caused an issue, but we're fine now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I mean, the intention really is, first of all, make sure you're drilling that hole in the proper side that you want it to be drilled on, whether it's the back or the front or wherever we drilled two holes in each back corner. Um, Now, the interesting thing I find about the Millsbo is because the bottom has two layers, like two um, metal shelves, essentially, or metal pieces, you could do some interesting cord management there if you wanted to. So that's why we just did one for to start with, because now I have some ideas on how I might be able to do better cord management. And there's, to me, and maybe this is wrong, but I feel like there's potential to put like a seed mat in between the two layers. The only thing is, is you can't take it out. after. Yeah, it's exactly. There. Once it's built, it's built. Yeah, you're, it's in there. Yeah, for sure. So just some things that I'm considering for the next one. Yeah, cool. I think Ikea has been causing marital discourse since the day they started. Yeah. <laughs> you know, normally we're pretty good, but I was, I, and this has nothing to do with my husband who is like, does this stuff all the time. He just, you build things all the time. But I was just like, okay, I really, I can't let this be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bless his heart for dealing with your paranoia. Oh, it's true. It's true. And usually I'm a little bit more laid back than that, but there was just, I had just read so many horror stories about this drilling hole thing that I just wanted to make sure that it was right. And he, he's the one who actually drilled the hole. And if you go to our Instagram, you can actually see in our highlights, I have a little video of that in there. I'm just going to keep kind of adding little bits of video there um, when it, about the building of this thing. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect a lot in there all the time, but um, that's where you can go and see us drilling the hole. It After the first one, so he actually used an impact drill. Um, he accidentally had like the... Um, impact part turned on oh, the no. first time so he's like why is this so hard but then he turned that off and it took him about 30 seconds to drill a hole um and one of the things that we would advise is don't press really hard just kind of yeah. let the hole saw do the work for you yeah i uh i discovered that when uh, we got married i was like i'm going to build all of our centerpieces oh <laughs> So I, uh, you know, found these beautiful long chunks of driftwood and I've got all the mosses to go with it. I've got my trays of succulents. They turned out beautifully, by the way. But I decided that I would try and help the drill too much in making the holes for my succulents. And it bit my wrist. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) it's not. And wear goggles and don't do it in for me anyway. I would never do it in my house. There was metal bits everywhere. The metal bits are hot. <laughs> you want to make sure you're covered and you're wearing your 
goggles and and being safe about it because it's actually pretty serious business. You could really hurt yourself if you don't oh, do yeah. it properly. Now, Sue, is this something you're going to let Jeff do or are you just going to take over on this one? Probably just take over just because I find drilling holes in things one of the most satisfying things ever. <laughs> I really do. I like, I like um, drilling holes in things. Yeah, you really like drilling holes in I pots. Do. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite. I make Richard do all the drilling. I could do it, but I don't really want to. I just supervise. Poor Cole will come home and I've got a stack of new pots that I'm drilling holes in. So I've got, you know, a wet tea towel in the kitchen sink so that I'm not, you know, running any bits of ceramic pots down the sink. And I've got the water just dribbling on the top of where I'm drilling and I'm just going to town. He's like, you are weird. <laughs> I know. Jeff, Jeff actually got into it with me um, when I was doing a bunch of pots, drilling holes in them. And I was like, get out of my way. I just like doing it. Like, neither of us are doing it wrong. I just think he, too, likes drilling holes and kind of wanted to... He just wanted to play? Uh, he just wanted to play. And I was like, oh, wait, this is my play. This is my uh, play. So, cable management, drilling holes and pots, which is a different episode, but oh, I still yeah. like it. It's still drilling. Um, so, what? Uh, something else we did is to put the lights in is we got the Barina T5s, I think. So, they're LED and... They actually come with these little clips that you can clip the light into. We just actually cemented them to the roof and to the glass shelf. Oh, nice. Because that way I can I can pop them in and move them out. And I don't care about the clips because I have a lot of them. Yeah. So when I if I ever do take that glass shelf out, I can just use other clips for that light and it's fine. Oh, exactly. Um. So and some people use magnets on the top for their lights. Uh, I haven't actually hung my fans. Did you hang your fans? So I have one fan in mine and my fan is two inches by two inches. Um, and I have actually my fan in the bottom front corner on the left hand side. And I have it um, double sided taped to the glass. And I have it blowing straight up. Okay. Yep. Um, and it is about four inches away from my little fountain. Okay. So it is circulating air. It is circulating humidity. It's not blowing directly on a plant. It's not blowing directly on the doors. So it's not blowing my humidity out. It's just good air management. Yeah. But I'm used to setting up fans in greenhouses, right? Totally. I have a fan on each shelf just because um, I do have one glass shelf in there. Yeah, you still so, have the glass in there. Yeah. I have the wire. How strong are your fans? They're just little like the AC infinities and they're they're set on low right now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my fan is I, I've got it set on low. Um, I probably could turn it up a little bit. I don't need a lot of a huge amount of air circulation, but I can tell I've got uh, a maxillaria orchid on the top shelf of my uh, cabinet and it's got super uh, fine leaves, almost like a spider plant and they move a little bit. So I'm good. Yeah, that's. I think so too. Like a little bit of movement is. I have a um, uh, magnificum. What's the first word? Anthurium. Okay. Magnificum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and there is one leaf that blows a little bit. It it wasn't very happy in my bathroom, so I'm hoping it'll do a little bit better in the cabinet with a higher humidity. And I'm going to put my um, oh alocasia black velvet. Does that sound right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to put that in there too. Yeah, it's, you'd probably really like it in there. It's pretty happy in the bathroom. I just spit out a fourth leaf, which 
to me is amazing. Uh, but I think I might, I want to look at it every day. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> down yeah. there. Um, the other thing that I did as well, and I'm not sure if you did this too, Amanda, is I weather stripped it. So I have a weather piece of weather stripping um, on the front of the door and it's got like the little rubber piece that hangs over and kind of covers up the other side of the door. And then all along the inside of the doors, I also put uh, foam tape. And I and I kind of did that a step at a time because I noticed I couldn't keep the humidity up in there. And once I did that, it actually helped quite a lot. Uh, I'm starting in on a little bit of weather stripping. My humidity never drops below 45 in there, so I'm not terribly heartbroken about it. Um, I just mind which plants I put in there. Um, I am thinking about. I'm thinking about getting an alocasia. There, some of them are pretty, man. How come that was so painful for you to say? Because I don't like the thin leaves no, and they're either. dramatic. And... They're dramatic. But which one? Yeah, uh, but I... alocasias, I don't know. I like some of them and they have this, I don't find that they all have thin, thin leaves. Some of them, like the dragon scale and stuff like that, their leaves are a little thicker. They're thin, yeah. but they're a little thicker than... I like the dragon scale. I'm just... Yes. Uh, I I love it. See, the thing is, is I'm inheriting a very good sized tank. And because this particular tank is four feet across, I'm like, I can't put all tiny leaf plants in there. It's just going to be too busy and look like a patchwork quilt. I've got to put some plants in there that have bigger leaves. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of pictures and... They're great plants. Oh, they are beautiful. Yeah. Plants. So I'm, I'm going to have to go there and... I should yeah. qu- I should call it, not all of them are great, but some of them the are majority just of them are standouts like right? so yeah. exactly. So I'll I'll keep my eye out and my game plan is to not fill this tank in 24 hours, which is what I like to do. I'm like, look, it's ready. Let's make it full. Um, so <laughs> what I'm doing with mine too. Just right. like, you know what, step at a time. Yeah, I, a time. I I'm really trying, and I'm trying really hard with my cabinet as well to not just stuff everything in there and get a bunch of stuff to make it full and i'm trying to um exercise some self-restraint <laughs> good for you it's so hard it I is know. it really is um one of the things i wanted to mention as well is with your cable management trying not to put any um plugs inside the cabinet yeah so making sure that your cords are all outside of the cabinet when they're plugged in together or when they're plugged into their um the power bar, I know I'm using Wi-Fi power bars. I think we talked about that a little bit already. But that was something that I had read and made sense to me. Like, it's going to be humid in there. Mm-hmm. So be careful with that. And I mean, anything you put in there, you want to make sure that you're thinking about the humidity. So uh, my grow lights that are in mine, actually, uh, they they link together. They're all linked together. Uh, so it's a, a push-in quarter turn link. And I've got some waterproof rubber tape that I use at the greenhouse quite often and it stretches and sticks to itself. And I went through and uh, sealed every one of those joints. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Mine just all plug in together. There's no twisting or anything. It's just. Yeah, mine don't plug in together right at the light. It's not like you Mm. take one light and plug it into the other. Mine does. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's got cords out of either side of the light and they link in the middle. Along the cord. I have some of those upstairs on my shelf, but they weren't, the ones I had weren't powerful enough. I, you know what? I keep buying grow lights. I don't know. 
<laughs> I have a lot of grow lights and, and I'm, I'm not using them. I, I'm pretty particular about my grow light brand. These ones here that I have in my cabinet are not particularly strong, but I don't have anything in my cabinet that is uh, full light. Like the, all of my stuff in there is part shade anyways. Oh, gotcha. So gotcha. it, I actually don't even have mine turned up as bright as they'll go. So what are you going to put in yours? When you get your hands on one. Oh, I want to put a mix of things. I would like some orchids. I would like some ethereum. I can uh, help you down that dark side <laughs> with the orchids. I know. Oh, just wait. Just wait. Um. So, yeah, I just kind of want to put, oh, I want to put some, um, some like butterwort and that kind of some, what's the name? Carnivorous. Carnivorous plants. Yeah. I'm like, no, those are trees. Um. <laughs> so I want to put some of those in. Um, I like to, yeah, just that kind of, I just really want to make it look like You want a tropical vibe in there. Yeah. Like I want to look at it and be like, I can climb in this cabinet and feel like I'm on a vacation because it's the only vacation I might get to go on. Right. (laughs) Actually, I was sitting Googling at 630 this morning because I'm the only one that's awake that stupid early. Correct. Um, (laughs) So I'm Googling and I'm like, you know, virtual reality stuff has really come down in price. I wonder if I can go on vacation for, you know, $150 set of uh, VR goggles. So if you want to do that, you can just go upstairs to my living room because I have one. So we'll just get you set up up there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, there's got to be a bunch of, you know, things that I can go tour and check out. So, and- yeah, you can actually do Google Earth. I have Okay, so... I have a fear of topographical maps and I I don't know why. And if anybody knows what that is called, please let me know. I tried to find out. Now, that meant I was afraid of Google Earth, although I worked toward, you know, making, (laughs) clearing this up and just kind of like facing my fear. Except for one time, I accidentally went underwater. And oh no, I'm a scuba diver. I've been underwater. I know how, what is under there. But there was something about, accidentally going underwater on google earth that freaked me out so bad i slammed my laptop shut and i had to get somebody else to open it and fix it for me close the tab because i couldn't i oh, actually no. couldn't do it so super weird so my fear is is if i am doing if i'm doing virtual google earth what would happen to me if and if it like turns like if you're in times square it actually goes to nighttime when you're traveling around times square so i don't like that change and there's something about it that just freaks me out so I can't, I can't do it. Anyway, yeah. that's yeah. a total digression. Um, <laughs> but you are more than welcome to use my Google Earth on my VR and travel around. Check it out. Yeah, so, well, I, I, I'm thinking about it for for home. I'm just like, yeah, that'd be a good way to like decompress at the oh, end of the fun. day. Just, you know, yeah. let's just go for a walk around Times Square. Yeah, yeah, it is But fun. for reels, reels, it's just not the same as the real thing. It helps. You don't get the smells. You don't get the texture. So a cabinet crawling into your cabinet that you made all. Oh, yeah. It does smell good there. It would yeah. smell good. It would feel warm. You'd get some sunshine. You know, you could play a little tape with the birds, like rainforest sounds and or whatever, you know, kind of invi- eco environment you set up. Just open it up and take a big sniff. Yeah. And be in right in there and close it. Like, you know, you could just. Yeah. I often think I wish I could shrink and go exploring my plants it'd be fun honey i shrunk the sue yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay well we're actually over an hour but i felt like this was a really fun topic um so this is a last chance to talk about any other tips we might want to share about 
making a indoor growing cabinet? I think the biggest thing is to take your time, do your research and make it into what you want. And only do the very permanent things that you know you want to be permanent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these things are hard to get, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So like, you don't want to just be like, everything's permanent. I'm going to put it this way. And then you go, mm, I don't want it this way. But now you just made everything permanent. So to take it apart is going to be really difficult. Maybe break something, something like that. So, yeah. My lovely husband's like, oh, that's a really nice cabinet. I should pick one of those up to put my motorcycle helmets in. I'm like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Pardon? <laughs> a, you don't know how hard these are to get because plant people are crazy. It's true. And B, you want to what with it? No. Yeah, right? That's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jeff has a couple of them at the shop that he has his little pumps in. And uh, I eye them up sometimes. Like, <laughs> what well, would he do if one day he came in and those were on the floor and the cabinet's gone? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can disguise it once I put plants and stuff in. Right? He'll never but notice. I'll be like, what do you mean? What? What? Just start adding your spray foam and your background into it with the, the pumps still in there. And <laughs> just like someone's bit trying to wreck the ecosystem with a pump in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've eyed them up. I won't lie. Well, my last piece of advice is if you are interested in building one of these cabinets, an amazing resource is the IKEA Greenhouse Club on Facebook. It is a group that you can join and um, I think you have to answer some questions and they let you in. They're so, a pretty, pretty nice group of people. It's, too. it's actually a great group. And yeah. there is so much advice in here. It's just it's really incredible. And not every one of them is posting the Ikea cabinet. Like, no, for sure. There's all sorts so, of, of so ways. So if you're like, well, I have a cabinet, but it's not Ikea, so that's not a group. For me, it is. Absolutely. They, they have everything. It's just, the majority is about the cabinet, and I think that cabinet started the the need or the desire to have that have a group. But I mean, they talk about all kinds. There'll be somebody, they'll post one with wood, and then they'll talk about the different ways to seal the wood. Like, it's all doable, and it's all on that group. Yeah, it's amazing. So good. Uh, like, well, I guess that's it then, unless there's any last comments. There is actually a, like, I, there's, I just Googled, there's a ton of blog posts on Fear of Maps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I swear to you, I've searched for this. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I found, okay. I found you a good one. Well, okay. Thank you. I will, I will read <laughs> it with terror. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, thanks for sticking with us. I know we're a little over time here, but. I really, I could talk about this for a long time myself. I, I don't know about you gals, but Sue, absolutely. When you get your setup, we'll revisit this again because we'll want to hear about what you have put into your cabinet. Um, if you want to share your cabinets with us, why not go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash fancy plants podcast. You can also check out our Instagram at fancy plants podcast. You can email us social at fancy plants podcast.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening with us today. My, our Soylent Greenies, we love you. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week when we're talking plants. Bye. Bye. It's all about them plants. Come on, sugar mama. Get your green on. I love a green color. Mm -hmm. The fancy plants, oh yeah.